Welcome to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and I'm proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Every episode of this podcast will bring in a variety of experts to help all writers incorporate more authentic cops, crime, and criminals in their stories. For this episode, internationally acclaimed author Andreas Norman steps into the interrogation room to clear up a few things. Andreas is a former diplomat for the Swedish Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and he worked in their security and counterterrorism issues for a decade. His first novel, which is entitled Into a Raging Blaze, anticipated the Edward Snowden revelations and earned international acclaim, including making the shortlist for CWA's International Dagger Award. Andreas has also worked for the Swedish think tank UI and has published a book of poetry and is now a full-time author. Welcome to Writers on the Beat, Andreas. Thank you for making time to join me today. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you for having me. Now, your latest release, which is called The Silent War, uh, just published in the U.S. on September 5th, and I know your existing fans are going to be drawn in by the the action and the intrigue of that debut novel. For readers who are new to you, what do you want them to know about The Silent War? Well, first of all, it's it's good to know that it's a freestanding uh, second installment of of my my book that is sort of centered around my main protagonist, Miss Bente Jensen. Um, so it's a, mm-hmm. it's a free freestanding novel, so you can read it freely, you know, without knowing anything about the the, the first book. Um, but if you then read the first book into Raging Blaze, you will. Uh, realize that there's a lot of threads. There's a like uh, the same environment, um, and some of the characters are 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 uh, recurring again in in that book. So, but but you can enjoy it uh, just you know as a novel in itself. Yeah, I'm I'm reading the the book right now, and this is a fantastic introduction to your work, and it's also. Uh, my introduction to your work, so I can definitely vouch that mm. that you don't need to read Into a Raging Blaze to enjoy this one. But I think I'm going to go back and buy Into a Raging Blaze so I don't miss anything. Yeah, great. All right, please, please do. Yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I think I enjoy you know staying in this landscape where the, of of diplomacy and intelligence, and it's mm-hmm. uh, um, I I I just, basically I probe into issues that come up with uh that, that 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 comes with this field of work and mm-hmm. uh and sort of the 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 strains and the dilemmas that that arises um in in the world of intelligence and espionage and, and since I, I base a lot of of my uh fiction on on my former um working experiences uh as a member of a counterterrorism unit and as a diplomat in the foreign service, um, I—it's uh, you know it's 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 close to reality, but but I always you know try to you know make it as a suspenseful as possible mm-hmm. to really uh, give the reader a a, re- a ride. I mean, because yes. intelligence work in in reality can be <laughs> quite boring, boring yes. frankly. And very, you know, procedural mm-hmm. and, and all that. I mean, you work in the bureaucracy, and you, yes. and it's uh, it's a it's a different world. But but um, so what I do is basically draw out the the dilemmas and and the tensions that lies uh, in you know in the decisions that people in intelligence circles has to make and the the moral issues and the and the and the private issues like in the silent war. 
glad you, you bring a lot of those things up because your, your online bio, I think, is probably intentionally general and vague and kind of gives me the impression that you, you worked <laughs> on some really, truly important, uh, what you know, we on in the U.S. would say, you know, we're kind of high speed projects mm. in, in service of your nation. And now you've listed mm. yourself as merely a full-time writer, which makes me suspicious that you've moved over into clandestine intelligence services and you're a real-life Swedish John <laughs> Le Carre character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have I have people who insist that I'm still a spy, or I, <laughs> I, I am a spy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and what can I say? I know if I if I tell them they're wrong, they will just you know believe it yes. even stronger. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's that's so, what a spy so would say. Perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect cover. <laughs> yes, yeah. But uh, no, in truth, I I am a full time writer since uh, 2013, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it immensely to 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 just write my own stories. I I, I it was a wonderful time to be in the foreign service. Uh, it was a fascinating yes. job, of course. Uh, but but you know, at the end of it, of the day, you have to make a decision uh, whether you're going to be uh, uh, writing or you're going to you know, focus on your 40, 50 hours mm -hmm. per week uh, work, you know, in, 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 in counterterrorism or as a di diplomat. So, yeah. But, but, yeah, so that's, that's basically was a very, very pragmatic, you know, decision for me to move on. And you said in an earlier interview, I think a couple of years ago, after Into a Raging Blaze came out, one of the things that you, you most enjoyed about being a writer was that now you could write about fictionalized versions of things that you had to keep absolutely secret in reality. And I, I would yeah. imagine that you, know, <laughs> yeah. you have a, a tremendous cue uh, of inspiration for your work that probably means you get to skip over a lot of the things that other writers have to research. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, it's uh, ten years of research, yes. <laughs> basically, on a on a daily basis. And uh, I started writing, uh, you know, stuff, just short stories, my, my small stuff, uh, while working. Uh, and um, I always felt like I, I I wanted to write, but you, but then uh, then I came up with this idea to write a thriller. Because it it really is the right genre to 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 tell a story about counterterrorism and all the things I wanted to de describe. Mm -hmm. um, so what what I what basically I, what I did I, I started writing as a secret project. Yes. <laughs> so I was this highly confidential you know civil servant in the foreign service having my own little you know <laughs> secret yes. project um, and started to you know, view the world, the things around me with uh, those eyes, mm -hmm. the eyes of a writer. And um, at the end of the process, when I had like a first draft, I had to look at it again as, you know, um, as, a, as, a, as an official yes. uh, in order to, to ensure that I didn't, you know, leak mm -hmm. stuff uh, unintentionally in a way that, that would damage uh, the service or damage uh, the work uh, in counterterrorism. And actually there were things, sure. of course, that were sensitive that I took out. Um, but uh, intelligence, I mean, real uh, sharp intelligence, it's usually, uh, it, it's not as, as, you know, it's fascinating as you think. It's, because it's all about uh, yes. facts, very hard facts about positions of individuals or, or, 
the exact number of people in a certain place or stuff like that. So you could easily, you know, blur mm -hmm. things a little bit and then you still have a great story. So that's, that's basically what I did. So if the Russians, for example, would read my novel, it would be from a strict intelligence point of view, worthless, <laughs> but they would, yes. they would get a, a good filler. <laughs> now, yeah. In, in bringing, bringing that up, I didn't realize until just probably uh, maybe three or four years ago how critical mm. the, the fate and the direction of, of Sweden is for the rest of NATO and, and, and Europe and thereby, I think, a lot of Western civilization right now. Your, your nation is pretty mm. precariously mm. perched as this critical path into the West yeah. from Russia, right? And Sweden's dealing right. with a growing number of international security conflicts with things like radical Islam. And I, I think while it makes fantastic mm. inspiration for thriller and espionage authors, the, the real-life problems there, I think, are impacting mm. the Swedish people every day and causing tremendous internal strife with the government about how to respond. It has to be a pretty tough time for somebody with your background yeah, yeah. to watch all this from the sidelines. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a fascinating and it's a long uh, history of uh, mm -hmm. antagonism, you could say, between or 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 like this low tense, uh, low intense yes. uh, conflict between Russia and Sweden. Uh, we share uh, waters, uh, and and there's um, there's always always been provocations from the Russian side and uh, always uh, I think Sweden has been viewed by, by uh, Russia or Soviet Union as sort of the first you know uh, yes the first the beach where, you, where you yes. where you land your troops yeah you step, exactly so and and on the other hand Sweden has then developed a, you know, quite a quite a high, you know, very strong skills in uh, mm -hmm. listening in to Russian systems with uh, signals intelligence. Um, so uh, that has positioned Sweden as as a, I think a mm -hmm. key partner in 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 sort of the Western inter intelligence yes. partnerships, where. Um, the, the the intelligence products uh, coming from Sweden are really you know they they're really sharp and, and, and valuable. Uh, so this this has has been a uh, an advantage you could say for, for for Swedish intelligence for for many years. And we're honed our skills against the Russians. And yeah, the best. <laughs> yeah, you've been you know uh, an incredible partner, and and by all accounts, or everyone that that I know in that field and an incredibly capable partner that's, you know, doing fantastic work to help, mm. help keep the, the old bear at bay. Yeah. I, I think also Sweden is a, you know, an engineer country is a country of technicians and, 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 and people building, you know, uh, uh, Volvos mm -hmm. and, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but also, uh, very, um, powerful, uh, signals intelligence systems. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this is, so th this has been sort of a, not very mm -hmm. visible, um, thing, but has grown more and more powerful with the development of, of internet and, and, uh, basically that information is global all the time. And what I saw this, of course, also, I saw the product, I saw also products from, from the U S um, and, and I could sort of discern the methods behind uh the the you know the the, the intelli intelligence collection and the, 
Um, and sometimes, of course, that troubled me. And, and that was part of, of the, 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 the themes in, in my first book, Into a Raging Blaze, where people are, uh, you know, uh, monitored uh, through uh, systems of mass mm-hmm. surveillance. Um, and, and this is, of course, still yes. going on. And, and it's yeah. an issue. Yes. For for everyone, not just the U.S., but for the Brits, for Sweden, for everyone, um, and uh, yeah, I, I just would I, I you know with that book I sort of raised the issues um, in um, I hopefully I hope think uh, mm-hmm. fascinating and uh, suspenseful way, uh, and it just happened to come out. Uh, three months before Edward Snowden made his <laughs> perfect uh, timing. <laughs> Big, yeah, it was perfect timing. and it's quite, you know, totally mm-hmm. coincidental. And bringing that up as, as a relatively new writer, it has to be pretty incredible that that your works, your your books, have been compared to to David Cornwell, of course, who who writes under the pen name John Le Carre. And you know, most people mm-hmm. listening today probably know him for writing Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and it has to feel like mm. a, a pretty fantastic victory for you to to be compared to him so early. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an honor to 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 even be you know yes. closely <laughs> related to him. He's the master. Uh, I've learned uh, immense amounts of you know tricks and and storytelling techniques from John Le Carré. He's he's really one of the main mm. inspirations uh, for me. I. I, I, I so much enjoy his way of, of combining the, the very emotional, uh, you know, characters and, and their, their lives. You really get into, you know, their lives and their, um, you know, troubles, uh, their histories. And he combines that with a very strong uh, espionage suspense mm-hmm. narrative. And I think, I mean, if you if you get one of those, yes. that's that's a good book. But if you get both uh, those things together in an organic way that really drives the story, then you you might have a great book. And I, I mean, he he's written several truly great yes. books, so he's he's a main inspiration. Now, I'm I'm sure the the fictional portrayals uh, that you see of of the diplomatic services and and espionage in general have have pretty incredible flaws mm. and. With your true insider information, how do you balance reader expectations of your genre with demands for authenticity, and especially when dealing with things, strategy, mm. and tactics that all the all the the boys and girls downrange are still using to combat bad guys all over the world? Yeah, I, I think first of all, I, to write fiction about these things, you have to simplify in a way. I mean, you have to simplify. Uh, the descriptions of, descriptions of tradecraft and and uh, uh, methods and and you know the, the 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 procedures of espionage basically because they are complex and and um, uh, it's it's good to simplify them basically uh, look at what does the story need so that's one mm-hmm. thing I always think about and then what I try to do is not to focus too much on the on you know the technical aspects of espionage, uh, uh, but but really go into the characters, really go into the human beings that live in this uh, world, this universe, 
of, of uh, intelligence and diplomacy, of deceit and trust or distrust, yes. uh, you know, and 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 to really, uh, you know, think uh, deeply about what what is it like? What was it like for me to 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 work in this environment? For example, I could come home, um, and and my wife could could ask, you know, as as any, any person you you live with ask me how how was your day, and <laughs> all I could say was fine or you know yes. okay because everything i worked with was highly confidential yes uh so you bring home a lot of emotions because a lot of things i worked with was stressful and yes. i really you know what's difficult and but yet i brought home a lot of silence a lot of unsaid things and i i, I started thinking that and I still believe that this affected my 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 closest relations yes. in you know in many subtle and yet deep ways. Mm -hmm. And this fascinated me. So I think that was sort of a starting point for for the silent war. Yeah, and I think you know even in my own experience, just as a as a cop who's done you know nothing compared to what mm. what what you have in terms of you know stress or it's secrecy. Similar, yeah. yeah, but even mm. the you know bringing home all of the things that that you can't talk about mm. or that you don't want to burden someone else mm. with or um, simply the, the mm. ugliness yeah. that you have to live with is, uh, is definitely a tough thing sure. on relationships over time. And, um, you know, it, I didn't yeah. realize how much that affected my personal life until I was no longer a cop. Mm. And I think everybody kind of collectively mm. breathed this sigh of relief that, you know, we kind of made it through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a very good comparison. You, you, and you also have things that it has to be confidential in your work, and, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of stress in it, and, yes. and so on. So sure, and I think in, like, like in 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 as a uh, in, in law enforcement as in intelligence, you 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 in your work, uh, trust is is key mm -hmm. to a lot of things. Yes, and you have to trust your colleagues. You have to trust your working partners in large organizations. Also, you have to work with partners you don't know so yes. much. You have to trust yeah. them, you know. Uh, and as in marriage, in a family, <laughs> you have to trust each other, be able to open up, you know, take take the risk of being vulnerable. Uh, so in starting writing The Silent War, I started thinking, what if, you know, this trust is suddenly eroded? Yes. What if my protagonist, Miss Bente Jensen, comes home one day and senses that there is something wrong with her husband and gradually suspects that he's cheating on her? Uh, what, what implications would that have? And, and then, of course, if she's a spy, that, that might have you know, uh, consequences for national security and her whole, whole career, perhaps her life and mm -hmm. her, the life of her family is, is in danger. So, so that is how I started thinking. I think that's the sort of the kernel of the story in the silent war, uh, that a, a marriage that is falling apart um, and how that is played out in the world of espionage. And when these two worlds collide, you know, it has catastrophic yes. results. And, and that is the beauty of, of writing thriller, I think. You can write big drama that is... Uh, very personal, very close to the characters, uh, and at the same time, uh, encompasses you know big 
political drama, you know, high politics. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that, that aspiring authors really have to focus on and keep in mind is that at the end of the day, we're all writing about people. And, you know, regardless mm, of what the, yeah. the character is, like Absolutely. people behave in fairly predictable manners most of the time, but we have backgrounds, we have baggage, we have, you know, all these things that make us fully right. three-dimensional right. and that cause problems or are assets mm. to us in our everyday lives while we're combating these bad guys. And I think, like you've mentioned, the, the mm. best books, best stories really focus on the human mm. aspects of people in those extraordinary circumstances. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. I mean, if you, it, it's fascinating to think that we are, everyone, uh, have playing out different roles in mm -hmm. life. Like uh, I was, during office hours, I was in the counterterrorism unit. Or I sometimes I have to go abroad, and so I was in the counterterrorism unit also over the weekend. Uh, but but then coming home, you know, I have to pick up my my daughter mm -hmm. um, in the kindergarten and daycare, or or you know I hang out with a couple of friends. Uh, you know, I spend time with my wife. Uh, completely normal life, and then I go back to this other world, and and those are sometimes not. You know they they don't work together, yes. <laughs> but yes, two, two different parallel lives in many ways, um, and and um, that is I think a very like it, that's a modern phenomenon for for millions of yes. people uh, that you are one person in office and then you have a private life. But uh, I thought, what what are the like the the implications of this, and and if you do something. In espionage, you can really, you know, use mm -hmm. that to create something truly suspenseful. So that's that's also, you know, treason begins at home. Yes, <laughs> yeah, just like the cover says. Yes, as as you were we're going through that 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 last answer, I I have a, a question. I feel compelled that mm. I want to ask on the behalf mm -hmm. of the audience, based on your life and what you were just talking about, in having to live, you know, these parallel existences, you know, the the counterterrorism agent, espionage, mm. diplomat, and then go home and be a husband and a dad. For people mm. who were wanting to write those kind of characters, for someone who is, example, going to write a book about, you know, Andreas Norman and use you as, as an inspiration for them, what would you most like to mm. see them get right about your character and the duality of that existence? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, what I would like most is that uh, the, the 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 protagonist, the character is 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 you can that you can feel the 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 person, the character, to be human all the time. You know that there are ambivalences, that there are you know things that the the character has to struggle with. Is this right or is this wrong? You know, and and. And that, so you really feel that this person is alive. It's not like a robot. It's it's a it's a person that really you know has ideals, has inner conflicts, has you know uh, ha has a life, um, and uh, and tries to tries to do the best out of usually very often complicated yes. situations. Um, I, I would like to see that. So, so how does you know the the, the dreams and the ideals 
the inner conflicts, the all this all the stuff that makes us human. How does this work in relation to the you know organization, the formal role, uh, etc. of of the professional role of that character? If 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 that is matched in an interesting way, I think um, you know you're you're on, a, on on the right track of writing an interesting novel. So it's all about character, I think. As a writer, I know most writers are also avid readers. Uh, do you have a, a favorite fictional detective, investigator, or espionage agent that you like to read? Oh well, uh, I I I am a John Le Carré fan, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I mean he really manages to create this uh, lovable character that is still quite harsh yes very professional and uh, but 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 certainly you know not a cynical sociopath or a yes. douchebag or something <laughs> but 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 a, but a but a likable character that is you know tough and can do the job i think that is uh he he, he manages to to create those characters this last question i ask of all the authors who come on the show but god forbid it should come mm. to pass andreas but if you were to wake up tomorrow and find yourself murdered, what <laughs> fictional investigator, mm. assassin, or revenge artist would you want working your homicide case? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I. It wouldn't be a John Le John Le Carré character because they ruminate too much. <laughs> 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 I need someone, you know, really was on the case yes. immediately. <laughs> yeah, Jack Reacher, I guess. Yeah, he, <laughs> he he will solve the case. Yeah, and you you could rest assured that uh, no one would get away with it. <laughs> I greatly, greatly appreciate your time in, in coming on and speaking with us and sharing your expertise. I'm absolutely f fantastically excited to to finish reading The Silent War. And uh, I, this is just such an incredible book. Thank you for putting this out. Thank you, Gavin. It was a pleasure talking to you. You've been listening to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters, a copyrighted broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Gavin Reese. And this episode's guest has been acclaimed author, former diplomat, and counterterrorism expert Andreas Norman. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Be safe out there.